Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. A little Move the Sticks recap episode here, Buck, from an NFL Week 6 action, which was uh, action-packed, to say the least. Yeah, action-packed. It was really a great weekend of ball, and I think what we're seeing is on a week-to-week basis, we really don't know who's going to show up. But the teams that are contenders – they look head and shoulders above the rest of the pack. Well, let's jump right in here with our first takeaway, and let's jump right to that Sunday night matchup, that epic battle between the Chiefs and the Patriots, and uh, pretty obvious this was a playoff preview. 28 for the win. The kick on the way from Goskowski. Up and good, and from 28 yards away, Steven Goskowski wins the shootout for the New England Patriots. Yeah, definitely a shootout, 43-40. to The Patriots survived with a win after that drive. Game-winning drive by Tom Brady. Been there, done that. But, Buck, I thought in our in our discussion about this game prior to the start, we said it's going to come down to the Patriots' red zone defense, force some threes, don't give up sevens. Now, in the second half, there was a seven-fest. I mean, touchdowns all raining all over the place for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I thought those stops in the first half and forcing those field goals and able to trade some sevens and threes there for the Patriots was the key to the game. It was the key to the game. And I think the New England Patriots understand that the league is evolving to where it's really arena football. You're going to give up points. You're not going to be able to hold people to under 20 points. So the best way that you can play is to concede yards in between the 20s and really focus on being a really good red zone defense. And that's what they've been able to do. Red zone and turnovers, those are the key. And I think early in the game they were able to get some turnovers on Pat Mahomes. And look, Pat Mahomes played great for the most of the game. But some of the risk that comes along with having a gunslinger at quarterback, he's going to have saw some, some of the words that show up. And there. you saw some of the things he's able to get away with. But when you're risky with the throws, ultimately the turnover guys are going to get you. And they got him a little bit in the first half. And no question. And still you saw the explosiveness of that Chiefs offense. They're never going to be out of a football game there. Tyreek Hill kind of just went off there, 7 for 142, three touches. But Sony Michelle continue to see him grow and evolve in this offense and being a little balanced there, 173 yards rushing. Brady throws for 340. 
Um, they can overcome their defense. Now, their defense is not great, any great shakes there in New England, but getting key stops and forcing some field goals I thought was the key to the game. Yeah, that was the key to the game, and I think as long as they kind of play to the strengths of their team, I think they have a chance. I think you'll see that this team will continue to evolve. Another team that is evolving, the Cowboys winning formula, 21 plus 4 plus 11 equals a W. And the Cowboys first down and goal at the 15. Prescott under center, handoff, Elliott, huge hole left. 10-5, dives for the goal line, touchdown, Zeke Elliott, sprinted with the dog. Didn't walk at that time, but they went on a brisk jog together. A little brisk jog. Brisk jog. Uh, look, I had a coach tell me a long time ago, always think players, not plays. And I think the Dallas Cowboys made it as simple as playing a video game. Give the ball to your best players. More times than not, they're going to find a way to do it. So the guys that really touched the ball this game, Ezekiel Elliott, 24 carries, 106 yards. Cole Beasley had 11 targets, had a 100-yard game, two touchdowns. And Dak Prescott, they allowed Dak Prescott to do what he does, 11 rushes, 82 yards to go at 27 pass attempts. This is how the Cowboys have to play. It is simple, Simon, football, but it works for them. If they do this, they're going to win more games than they lose. Watch tape this morning, Buck, and watch Dak. It was, it was interesting to me. You, you touched on those 82 yards rushing. So when you break those down, uh, only four of them, four of those runs were designed quarterback runs for 21 yards. Uh, seven of them were scrambles for 61 yards, and that's where the bulk of the running comes from. And I think – that, to me, is the genius of how you use these athletic quarterbacks. Is not, It's not just trying to force – you not force it. Just let it uh, uh, just kind of naturally happen. It just happens in the flow of the game. You see some yards there. There's one play. Um, man, I'd love to show, show you this one. But they, they have a screen call to the tight end. So, so Swaim is lined up in the hip on the right tackle. So they're going to try and get – they get Elliott, I believe, out to the right, and they're going to try and throw a little backside screen to the tight end. So Dak – Raises up. He, he gets pressure, clean rusher, obviously, on a screen. Mm-hmm. So it could have got sacked by Clayus Campbell. Not only doesn't get sacked, but he looks. Tight end, they've jumped it. So if he throws a screen to Swain, it's going to be a seven-yard loss. So not only does he not get sacked, he doesn't throw to a seven-yard loss. He escapes out the right side, and it's a 10-yard gain. Now, that doesn't look like much, but that's a difference of 17 yards of him trying to throw throw the ball and lose seven versus he gains 10. I mean, that, that type of thing happened with him. A lot of boots where he just said, okay, I've got it. Uh, it's not designed for him to run, but yeah, you're going to give me seven, eight yards, I'll take it every single time. And I thought that was what this game plan was all about. Uh, authentically, just uh, organically is the word I'm looking yes. for there. Let those runs organically happen. Don't try and force it. Now, and that, 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 has been, that has been the key. I, I think for so long, um, maybe, and sometimes I think athletic quarterbacks feel the pressure to do this. They want to prove to everybody that they can perform from the pocket. And that takes away from the uniqueness that helped him get to the National Football League. I think for Dak Prescott, it is as simple as read your first read, your second read. If it's not there, use your legs. Get out of pocket. Like, just try and pick up first downs. Don't worry about trying to play the perfect game. Don't listen to the noise from outside. They will change the game. He needs to be who he is. And Blake Bortles on the other side. Just not, he's not good enough, Buck. No, he, he's not. And their defense isn't playing well enough. And so, look. Here's what happens when you're a prisoner in the moment and where you're really trying to force a decision to be the right one. They took him too high. They took him third overall. Blake Borders was never that quarterback. And now everything has been the justification of what he was as a draft pick. And it's a formula that is ultimately going to kind of prevent them from maximizing the talent that they have. Yeah, and you're right. The defense did not play well. And Jalen Ramsey, um, no, uh, no, no stinger on the one touchdown to Cole Beasley. Just kind of, eh, I'm good. I'm good here. I know people get all upset about what players say after games. I really don't care. 
and the emotion of the moment, whether they're brief in their answers or you're not satisfied with how they handle that. I don't, look, for quarterbacks, I have a little different rule. Quarterbacks, you know you're the CEO of the team. you got to be able to stand up there and handle that stuff. Outside of quarterbacks, I really don't care what guys say after the game. But his play on the field wasn't stellar. That, to me, is more of a concern. No, I think it is a concern. I think it's a concern about Jacksonville. We anointed this team as a Super Bowl contender based on their ability to get to the championship game and go toe-to-toe with the Patriots. Um, right now, they, they probably celebrate it, kind of assume that you get right back to that next step. And it doesn't happen like that. You have to go re-earn um, all the respect and the trust that you get from everybody, and you have to put it together on the field. And they have not put it together on the field, and it's showing. All right, takeaway number three, the phone lines in Oakland, they are open. We're going to continue to build the team. You know, I've only been here for six or seven months. You know, we've got some some players hurt. Carl Joseph, hopefully KO can come back after the bye. Uh, we lost some men today. Hopefully they can heal up and play as well. Um but I'm not going to say anything other than that. We know we've got a ways to go here. So the question to John Gruden was, can you win with the guys you have in the locker room right now? And that was his answer to that. Very much a work in progress is how I would describe his his answer there, Buck. But to me, if if, uh, if you have a need on your roster and you look at somebody on Oakland's roster that might be able to fill that need, I think you place the phone call. I, I don't know if you can get the deal done, but I promise you they will pick up and listen. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I know for sure they will pick up and listen. Uh Here's the issue with the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders made a decision in the preseason that they believed that Derek Carr was going to be the franchise quarterback. Uh, they let go of a very, very good player, all-pro player in Khalil Mack. And I think um, the effects have been felt. I think when you remove a big piece like that, regardless of whether he made the defense a top 15 defense, you're looking around the locker room and you let one of your best players go and you didn't feel that need. You, you got a draft pick. And so what you have is a situation where this team – isn't good enough on offense to overcome a lack of punch on defense. And Derek Carr, to be honest, has not played well. He's not played well as an MVP candidate. He's not played like a $25 million quarterback. And so if you're putting all your eggs in a Derek Carr basket, I think you're very, very disappointed. And I, we, we said we talked about this last week. Uh, Derek Carr is on notice. Um, everybody's job is, is, is on audition. And he is fighting for his job next year. And I think John Gruden will have no problem moving on from Derek Carr or any other player on this roster based on the comments that he made and what we've seen from him when he moved on from Khalil Mack. Look, I know they're different sports, but I know you follow the NBA, Buck. Yep. And to me, this is pretty simple. All in or all out, title or tank. You don't want to use that word. I understand a lot of people don't want to use that word. But you can't halfway rebuild. Mm -hmm. You're either going for it right now trying to win a championship or you're trying to scrap everything and build this thing from the ground floor up. When you trade Khalil Mack and, and you'll kind of hold on to the other pieces you have on your roster, you're not looking – I mean, to me, you're kind of half in, half out. You're not going to win anything right now with what you've got, but you're not fully committed to a rebuild either. So, to me, that's why I think the phone lines are open. Anybody – you can have any of these guys. They're all available. I'm going to collect as many picks as I can if I'm Oakland. This is not a short-term project. This is a long-term project. Fortunately for John Gruden, he's got a long contract. He can try and see this thing through. But, man, if, if you're going to rebuild, go ahead. Just rebuild. Do it now. Put the for sale sign up. Come get whoever you want. We want as many draft picks as we can get. Make, go ahead and make an, an epic deal. Like, just really start from scratch because – Get yourself the first does, pick in the draft. He does have the luxury of knowing. I'm going to be here 10 years. And I don't know. Like, I've never been in a situation where you had that kind of contract. That kind of contract gives you security, and it gives you the opportunity to set your vision and build it the way that you see fit. And so he said it. His comments is telling when he says, look, we gonna, my first year here, I've only been on the job six, seven months. 
I got time. I'm going to build it the right way. And so, yeah, he's going to take the long play, not the short play. When yeah. it comes well, to the good play. news is there's nothing worse than being 6-10, 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. That's no man's land. If you can be horrible, be horrible. Be all the way horrible. Just be bad. Be You're bad. on your way. Get a top five pick. Yep. Um, and, and, and get some blue chip players that can come in and immediately contribute. That is the way that you do it. That's the way you come from the bottom to the top. All right, what we got next here, Buck? Oh, same game. Less is more in Seattle. Marshall is wide to the left side. Russell steps up in the pocket, going to scramble. Lays it up over the top. Reaching up, making the catch is Lockett. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to give Pete Carroll and John Snyder a little credit, more so Pete Carroll. Uh, despite having a franchise quarterback on their squad and Russell Wilson, they have decided that less Russell Wilson is better for the squad, meaning fewer pass attempts, more rush attempts, better for the squad. And if you go back to 2013, 2014, uh, in those years, they ran the ball more than they passed, and it was very, very successful for them because it allows you to control the game and protect your defense. They've gone back to that this year. Russ is only averaging 27.5 pass attempts per game. He's averaging 217 pass yards per game. Those totals go back to 2013, 2014, the way that he played. They went to the Super Bowl each of those years. They ran it against Oakland 37 times, 24 pass attempts. It is better for them to stick the ball in the belly of a collection of running backs and allow Russell Wilson to throw as a compliment not as he's the whole show. It works for them. They're three and three. I didn't think they would be. I thought this was going to be a point. terrible team this year. Yeah, so they're finding a way to put themselves in the mix. The formula is working, and I think it gives them a chance to kind of sneak in to the back door of the playoffs. Yeah, it's good to see Doug Baldwin out there making plays as well. He's you know a lot of turnover on this roster, but he's he's just Mister Dependable when he's out there. And David Moore's a good young receiver, so they've got some nice weapons there. Six sacks, Frank Clark, two and a half sacks. Uh, in that game, and Derek Carr again, we talked about him already. They just they couldn't get anything going offensively. You got to give some of that credit there to the Seattle defense. All right, next up on the list here, Mike Pouncey, maybe the most underrated free agent pickup this offseason. Twenty-eight to six, Chargers. Three twenty left in the third, and this time it's a pitch to Gordon again. He's got the left sideline. Ten five leaps into the end zone. Touchdown, Flash Gordon. His third of the day. I love a sequel. Why not go back to the flip play? Just flip it. Go to the other side. Get the seal on the edge. Gordon with the cutback. Touchdown, Chargers. There's our good buddy Matt Money Smith there on the call and jumping in on the end of that thing there, Buck. But Pouncey, this offensive line, on the tackles, they've had some injuries. They've been rotating some guys through there. They did get Russell Okun back uh, this week against the Cleveland Browns. But Pouncey's been kind of that stalwart in the middle. They are running the ball. There's no, it's no secret Melvin Gordon's running better than he ever has in his career. You got to give Pouncey a lot of credit for that, and then he just kind of is a nice anchor in there in pass pro. We we always talk about if you're going to get pressure as a veteran quarterback, especially come off the edge, you're fine. Just be firm up the middle. Give me a place to climb up and get away from that edge pressure. And Pouncey has provided that. I don't think he was talked about a lot this offseason that move, but to me, uh, Alex Mack, uh, Rhett uh, Lewis, our good buddy, brought this up when Alex Mack went to Atlanta. The difference he made as a center there. This feels a lot like that. No, it feels like that because you have to be able to control the middle. You talk about the pressure when it comes to a veteran quarterback. Most traditional drop-back passers hate pressure right in their face. As you talk about being able to step up in the pocket, that's their comfort zone. But when people are in their face because they're not athletic and they can't move around, they're unable to get away. They solidified the point of attack, so now he can throw from a comfortable situation in the pocket. They also are able to run the ball. And I think the thing that we're seeing, Melvin Gordon – 
can be the special player that we thought it would be when he was worthy of being a first round pick. He's got a ton pick. of touchdowns, man. He is now beginning to put the ball in the paint consistently. He and Ty Gurley, two of those running backs from that draft class, are proving their worth as first round talents. And the Chargers are able to run and control the game. And look, I know this league is a passing league, but as we kind of get closer and closer to the playoffs, the teams that are able to balance it up, they're able to run the ball a little bit so they can create chunk plays in the passing game, those are the ones that are going to be successful. I like the way the Chargers are built. And this game against the Browns was really a, a maturity test yeah. for me. I want to see how mature are they. Can they go on the road and take care of business? They were able to do it. I think it speaks volumes to where they are and where they're positioned in the AFC West. And the defense playing well. And, it, and look, Joey Bosa's coming back at some point in time. That's a heck of an addition to add the best – Arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL. You're going to add him into the mix will be huge. Uh, that was a big win for the Chargers. G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life, both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign, Make It With G Suite. You know you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled Final and no clue which is the latest. So you make another version and name that one Final Final, right? Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work docs like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to track a version after version of the project. And since all tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. Marcus Mariota on third down and 10. Pocket collapsing. He is going to be hit and sacked again. Zadarius Smith with the 11th sack of the day. And with four minutes even, the haze in the barn. Everybody loves a party. And the Baltimore Ravens had a sack party, and everybody was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He just got sacked. He just got sacked again. (laughs) Look, 11 sacks on the day. The Baltimore Ravens absolutely beat up the Tennessee Titans. And what I love about this, particularly um, if you're a guy who has followed the Ravens for a long time and you love the Ravens and the way that they played, they are playing to their identity. This is a team and a franchise that has always been built around a dominant defense. They hit you in the face. They're able to control the game from the defensive standpoint. And against the Tennessee Titans, they played it at 11 sacks, completely shut out the Tennessee Titans, and you're talking about the number one defense in football, a defense that can single-handedly kind of get them far in the postseason. As long as they're playing great defense like that, they only need Joe Flacco to kind of manage the game, make a couple of plays. That's what they're doing, and when the Baltimore Ravens have been good, this is how their their play has been, and this is what their identity is. That second-half stat is nuts. Having to get up a touchdown in the second half this season of a game, six games, that's incredible. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable to watch them kind of play the way that they're playing. In an era, in a time where everyone is throwing the ball all over the yard, defensively they have found a way to hold people down. Man, the Baltimore Ravens are balling on defense. It's it's really impressive to watch. Yeah, they're not messing around. Uh, fun game to watch there with their front just getting after it. Marcus Mariota, he just – I mean, the couple of them obviously – there's a bunch of them, but several of them on some protection up front. Then his he just couldn't see anything and was running himself into sacks. It was it was all out of sorts there. Ever since our guy Taylor Lewan made that comment about the Titans not getting enough respect, it has not been pretty. No, it has not been pretty for them. 117 passing – I think the bigger thing, they only had 14. Look at the total yards, Buck. 14 rush attempts? You can't win games like that. What are their total yards in the game? You got the box score there. How many total yards? I don't. Th- I think they have just over 100 yards total offense. I mean, they are struggling. Uh, they have a little over 150, but this this is not. Ugh. 
Not a great effort. Not it, a great effort yeah, for the Cincinnati Titans. Not not good at all. And I also saw uh, the Ravens. You know, I, look, it's kind of it's it's difficult. I would think for Joe Flacco. I'm sure he doesn't love it when Lamar Jackson comes in there and, and kind of disrupt the rhythm a little bit. But Lamar had a nice 22 yard run in that game. Nice 22 yard run. Got got him got him going, and it helped them get over the 100 yard mark. They finished 35 rush attempts, 123 yards. Uh, offensively, Joe Flacco had 238 with a touchdown and an interception. Uh, the big deal is. It's not about their offense. It's always going to be about their defense. But can they get enough in the passing game to give them explosive plays so they can score points? All right, let's get to the next one here. Sam Darnold improving week by week. Isaiah Crowell in the game to the left of Darnold in the shotgun. Trips to the far side left. Darnold fakes a screen, fires one left sideline, wide open, making the catch at the 10. Chris Herndon walks into the end zone. Touchdown. Sam Darnold played really well, Buck, and they put up 42 points on the Indianapolis Colts. And to me, when you watch the tape, the thing that jumps out to me, obviously 24, 30, 280, two touchdowns and a pick, is those are good numbers. But just watching him work the full field, reading the full field and that with a real crisp, um, a lot of urgency with the, with his play, and all that talk has kind of disappeared. Remember all that talk about, how oh, he does check the ball down and just throws screens? I don't hear that anymore. Nope. He's just growing. He's evolving. He's growing. He's getting more confident. Uh, he's playing really, really good football right now. I did laugh at this. So uh, Evan Silva um, – tweeted out real nice things trying to be nice to me and retweeted an article from before the draft where it said reminder move the sixth place to higher pre-draft grade on sam darnold than any qb in the last three draft classes including wentz watson and goff future is burning bright so it was a nice thing to say and so that I, I look at the list go back and read the article again and i'm reminded of the fact that i did not have pat mahomes you know you know i was not a big mahomes guy coming out and the way mahomes is balling out so i, I retweeted it and i said uh, looks to see where genius in quotes had Pat Mahomes, and then did the 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 hand over the face like you're an idiot. Some of these people don't realize that I'm the same person that I'm criticizing. <laughs> I don't think it's fair if you criticize him. You know, like they all make mistakes, and every expert like that, no clue that I'm talking I'm, about myself. I, I, it's I'm great. The guy. That's funny. But uh, look, that's part of the deal, man. You go back through, you get hits and you get misses. So far, it's very early on in the process. I feel great about the, the grade I gave Sam Donald and the way he's improving and progressing each and every week. I think he's going to be outstanding. But on the other hand, you, you whiffed on Pat Mahomes. So why did you whiff on Pat Mahomes? That's as an evaluator what you got to you got to study. You got to study why you got some things right. You got to study why you got some things wrong. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way you learn. The only way you learn is to be able to, to go back and have honest assessment, be self-critical, uh, look at what led you to give the grade that you gave on the player, and then did you miss on the player or did the player improve in certain areas? I think the Pat Mahomes conversation is very, very fascinating because you have so many people that are ready to run and claim victory. However, when you go back and you look at what he did at Texas Tech, I think there were a lot of uncertainty, uncertainties about his game. He was super athletic. He played in a way that we hadn't really seen. It was very, very sandlot in his approach. And then that system hadn't produced many players because you got to remember at the time, this is before Jared Goff had been able to be successful. The history of the air raid quarterbacks, they didn't have a great track record. So there are a lot of things working against it. And then even though I played with Brett Favre, I know Andy Reid, Andy Reid had coached Brett Favre when I was in Green Bay. That comparison to Brett Favre, people are throwing it down yeah. there loosely. But now you're seeing the things. But, like, look, sometimes you have to see it before you can believe it. You can't just go off quote-unquote faith and look he's been a much better player than anybody had forecasted hats off to him hats off to Kansas City for being able to do it but back to what we're talking about with Sam Donald I think the thing with Sam Donald that you have to be impressed with is each week he has gotten better the New York Jets are very very competitive they found a way to kind of 
generate a running game just enough to offset some of the things that he's having to do. And defensively, they're playing really well. This is a group that when they complement one another, defenses complement the offense and vice versa, they have a chance to win games. And that was a big win for them against Indianapolis. No question. The defense getting after a little bit. All right, what's uh, what's next on the list? Oswala leads Miami to a win. Back to throw. Plenty of time. Throws over the middle to Albert Wilson. Wilson cuts an appeal. Breaks a tackle. 40. Makes a cut. He's at midfield. He may go at the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown Miami. Unbelievable. Oh, what a play. Oh, oh no. Oh. Albert Wilson takes the short pass, takes it to the house. Hey, Osweiler had a big game. 28 of 44, 380 yards. Had three touchdowns. Had two interceptions. Um, but he did enough for them to get a win. And, look, I know on the stat sheet it looks like he almost had 400. I mean, he did have almost 400 yards. But a lot of those things were really schemed up for him to have success. Albert Wilson taking a couple of underneath routes and going the distance. There you saw the 75-yarder. And then Danny Amendola and some of the other guys working underneath, they did a really job of game planning and setting Brock Osweiler up for success. But let's give him credit. He found a way to be productive enough at the quarterback position to get it done. And anytime you have a quarterback that can step in and give you 300 your passing yards, however they were accumulated, that is enough to balance out the offense, particularly when you have old man Frank going over 100 <laughs> and Keenan Drake giving you another 57 on the ground. Yeah, I think you got to give Adam Gase, uh, Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator, Jeremiah Washburn, the offensive line coach. Buck, against that Bears defense, no sacks. You run for 161 yards. Uh, with what they're playing with up front, with some of the injuries that they've sustained, man, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. And this Miami team, do I? I don't want to. I'm trying to say this the right way here. Do I think they're for real and a real threat to do some damage in the postseason? No, but I do think they're playing collectively better than they are in their individual parts. The sum is great Abs- parts right now. Absolutely. I don't know if this team can be a legitimate threat. Like, can they get to the playoffs? Yes. Um, when they are clicking and, and they're they're playing the right way, meaning the game plan matches. Uh, exactly how the opponent's going to play. They found that they can certainly scheme it up and exploit the weaknesses of the opponent. When the quarterback plays well, and even though Osweiler had two turnovers, um, when they play well and they're efficient from the pocket, they're able to get some things, get the ball to their playmakers, they certainly can be successful. And that defense, that defense played pretty well against the Chicago Bears offense that has shown signs of life in recent weeks. All right, let's get to the next one here. The Rams, this is a little alliteration, the Rams run to victory. So first and goal, the Rams sprint to the line. Goff takes a quick snap under center. Gives to Gurley left side. He powers his way to Peter. Touchdown, Todd Gurley. Touchdown, L.A. Todd Gurley went off, Buck, and it's uh, – look, we we could do a whole podcast on the debate of the running back and the value of the running back and how high do you pick a running back, and we can go both sides of that argument. All I know is this was a big moment here in some weather where you thought maybe the passing game wouldn't be able to get cranked up, and they put this game in the hands of Todd Gurley in that offensive line, and they delivered a win. They did deliver a win, and I think the thing that is really interesting about the Rams, the Rams have an offense that is flashy and spectacular but still built on the running game. We can talk about the fly sweeps and all the other stuff that they do um, that is really cute and sexy, but at the end of the day, this is a team that is a smash-mouth team. And I thought Sean McVay – was 
terrific in his own assessment of the play calling because after the game he went to the podium and said, look, the players bailed me out. I put us in some bad spots because he was trying to be aggressive going for the home run to knock out blow. And ultimately the players came back. They made some plays to get them out of some third and laws and some difficult situations. But this team is built the right way. They're built on the running game with the complimentary passing game. And the defense hasn't played great, but their offense can play keep away enough to protect them. I like the way the Rams are trending. I like the way they're built. This is a team that is going to be one of the teams that we talk about in the winner's circle at the end. Yeah, don't love the injury to Cooper Cup, though, man. That was tough to see. Such a great player for them. I mean, third and cup, that's the that's the saying when he's out on the field. He's he's able to win for his quarterback on third downs consistently. So that injury, man, you hate to see that. That, that was tough, and that'll be uh, something for them to try and work through and, and try and overcome. Adversity's going to hit all these teams along the way. That's a pretty big blow there uh, to the Rams. All right, what's the last takeaway, Buck? Balanced offense is the key for the Pittsburgh Steelers. First and 10 at the 31 of the Bengals. Then in the gun, 15 seconds to go. The Steelers have a timeout left. Blitz is coming. All Here it comes. Place. And a quick pop over the middle. Running free. That's Antonio. 10-5. Touchdown, Pittsburgh. you got to be here. Oh, Unbelievable. Look, there you have it. Pittsburgh Steelers finding a way to get it done. Ben Roethlisberger hitting Antonio Bryant. Antonio Brown on a big play for a touchdown to kind of win the game. And when I look at this team, man, this team was cashing out at the ATM. They're spinning out 100 games all over the place. Antonio Brown, 100 rece- 105 receiving yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, 111. And James Conner, 111 on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, when you look at the way this team has to play offensively, early in the year when they had those losses, Ben Roethlisberger throwing it off 50, 60 times a game. They can't do that. Uh, since they brought it down, and he's averaging about 37 pass attempts, they've been a little better. It is about the balance on offense. When they're balanced on offense, it gives them a chance. James Conner has given them just enough in the running game to be able to offset kind of that one-dimensional attack that was really keeping them grounded. They had a they had a specific run play they ran several times. The three of them ended up going for like 63 yards, Buck. And I'm gonna try and I'm gonna show it to you right here. This is not great for people on audio. Watch what they do here. You've got two tight ends to the right. You're gonna see center and guard pull, right? So then they're able to get outside. They do that a couple times on that play. I'm gonna show it to you again. This is one of the things where you're you're playing a team inside the division. You can kind of get them moving. Again, hit it to the outside. Pull and center and guard. Two tight ends. Play stays front side. Now, watch again the same exact play. Get to you one more time here. Hold on. This is the next one here. So they run this same play three times. And then, whoop. He's just a counter. He finds the cutback lane. Uh, it's a really a simple counter. It's a jab step. They send the fullback in one direction. They run the jab step with the tailback, and they bring it back to the right. You have the uh, guards pull to that side. But then what happens after you've seen it a couple of times? Linebackers, linebackers go flow. So now you play against what the linebackers typically So backside, you have the left tackle and you have the fullbacks. You've got those two for the end and the backside linebacker, a fill player there. Then you've got the center and the right guard pulling. you got the two tight ends. So it's almost student body right. It's like a power to the right there. And then you, if you just read those inside linebackers as a running back, they want to flow over the top. You cut it back. You've got two on two, and you get a nice little crease there. And if they pause to hold that backside gap, you get to the perimeter, and they had center Pouncey, Marquise Pouncey, K 
kick out the corner and you're you're off to the races. 63 yards on three plays on that same exact play. You have to like that. You have to like that when you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You have to like the fact that you're able to run the football and dictate the terms. They've been able to do that. And the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense doesn't get enough credit. They've played well the last couple of weeks. This gives them a chance to get back in the mix and maybe be the contender that we all thought they would be. Scary team. I mean, if they kind of get it figured out, get Le'Veon Bell back there. Because some of those runs that Connor ripped off for 10, 11, 12 yards, Le'Veon would have got you a little bit more. So it'd be interesting to see once he gets back in the mix if they can get hot and get on a streak. Definitely a team I don't think you'd want to see in the postseason. All right, Buck, there you have it. Those are our 10, uh, our 10 takeaways for the week. Any other final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I love the competitiveness. I'm excited to see the Monday night game. I want to see if the Green Bay Packers can find their way against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, there you have it. That's the Takeaway Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a fresh new podcast. You can find it again, nfl.com slash podcast. Uh, find us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on there. We do appreciate that. Uh, and we'll see you here in about 24 hours. Sully, nice work. Let's get out of here. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.